Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you happen to be local, let me invite you to come be my guest one Sunday soon. Our service begins promptly at 10.30 a.m. If, let's say, you aren't local, but you are looking for a good church that maybe you can watch online, uh, you can attend uh, our service. Uh, We live stream on YouTube. Uh, You can find us... uh, calvary316.live. We also live stream on Facebook, facebook.com slash calvary316. Again, the service begins at 1030. So if you're local, come check us out in person. If you're not local uh, and you're wanting a a good Bible teaching church to to attend uh, digitally, uh, I encourage you to come check us out. Uh, Regardless of where you're listening or how you're listening, whether you're uh, listening on the radio, uh, this is a nationally syndicated radio show. Uh, Every episode gets sent out, distributed, Uh, on the airwaves across America, which is just an amazing thing. Um, Every episode is podcasted. So if you're listening on the radio right now, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, our podcast is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, really all the the platforms uh, that you might consume your content. Uh, So wherever you're listening, however you're listening, I do hope you stay with me um, over the next hour as we seek to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians by boldly discussing today's uh, relevant, uh, real topics in an honest and genuine way. Uh, I am joined um, by my sidekick, my dear friend, my brother, uh, Mr. Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Um, That's not true. That, that was pretty creepy. I mean, I mean, you kind of jumped in there a little creepier than normal. So Creighton wears multiple hats when it comes to the Outlaw Radio Show. Um, regarding... Uh, the content of what you're listening to right now, uh, Creighton's job is to kind of act as the re- resident audience member. Um, and so Creighton has kind of a, an, an open floor um, at any point if he wants to jump in the conversation, if he wants to interject a comment or a question uh, or whatnot. Uh, Creighton uh, gives me somebody to kind of uh, give a little back and forth to as we record the show. Beyond that, uh, so what you're listening to, again, if it's radio or podcasting, either one, uh, this is not live. So you're not listening to this live. Uh, this had been recorded uh, a week or two beforehand. Um, it gets sent to his productions, Josh Brown and his wonderful crew, uh, who then package it, edit it, format it, um, and then it hits the radio stations or the podcast. Uh, but what we do is we we record we live stream the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. And so uh, in addition to being on the show, acting as kind of the resident audience member, Creighton is also in charge of our live streaming. So like right now, 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights, we live stream the recording of the show, uh, which is super cool. It's neat. It allows us to interact with the audience in real time. Uh, Joined also by Creighton, we have a couple of our brothers that are in the studio. So between the blocks of audio, uh, we have a conversation uh, about the subject that we're discussing. So that being said, Creighton, I think it's safe to say that uh, people are probably a little burned out uh, when it comes to um, politics. Wouldn't you say? I'd say that we've been burned out since like November and it's just kept burning since then. It, it, it has. You know, I, I was curious. So Josh and I were talking about last year and and kind of the interesting direction that Outlaw Radio Show took last year. And, you know, we were discussing whether or not the show had become too politically oriented. You know, just kind of, you know, if you're, if you're never seeking to evolve, never seeking to, to do a self-analysis, never seeking to um, think through uh, things that you might be able to, to, to do better, you're never going to get better. And if you're never getting better, you're getting old and stale and, you know, so every year we try to take an opportunity, look back over the year, talk about some of the good shows, talk about some of the bad shows. And just the idea was just kind of get circulating. Like, were we too political? You know, did, did the Outlaw Radio Show take just too much of a bent? Uh, to be expected, it was an election year, um, a show that claims to talk about relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. Um, we have to talk about politics uh, because it's relevant um, and we try to, uh, you know, bring in a, a Christian angle, Christian perspective to the political dialogue. Um, and this was also a year where COVID-19, I mean, there's a global pandemic. And so, you know, kind of like, if you want to stay relevant, you needed to, to talk about 
um, the pandemic, the disease, this, this thing that we we're all dealing with and the, the, the effects of that, how it affects the family, how it affects church, how it affects your job and your career, the economy, you know, so we kind of as a fun exercise, you know, you've been a part of the show now for a couple of years, but you were, you were around the entire year. Do you feel like the show was too political? Like if you had to take a guess and, and like break down the percentages, like a show audit, what would be your conclusion? Uh, I don't know legitimate percentages. I would say that it was probably more political than I'd like it to be, but I think that everything in media was more political than I wanted it to be. The sports, sports were more political. The Grammys were more political. Everything was more political. The pandemic was more political right. than I wanted it to be. Right. Like everything was overly political. So I think the show might have been as well, but I think it might have just been a product of the year. Not well, necessarily I, a choice we made. This has nothing to do about the topic that we're going to discuss today, but I just I felt like this was important to get out there. Um, did a full show audit. So we went through every episode of the Outlaw Radio show that was aired this year. So every episode that was, you know, from, from the first episode in January to the last episode in December, um, only six shows were political. Out of what? We out of 52? 52. Out of 52. This is a weekly show. Only six shows were political. That's 11.5% of the Outlaw Radio show was, was purely political. Like, like those, those shows would be like uh, the 10 most important stories coming in 2020. Uh, old age should be a consideration. You know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, the president, 2020 year in review, the presidential debate, we did an episode on 10 reasons to vote for Trump. We did an episode on, we did a kind of a requiem about the, the presidential election. Th those were the only six though. So only 11 and a half percent of the show was political. Um, 34.6% was pure Bible teaching, like pure Bible teaching. Like I did, a, I did a, an episode. I'm not, I'm not going to recount them all, but you know, the judgment of God, um, you know, having a calling in a pandemic, uh, Schmidt is a narcissistic nihilist, um, which I thought was a great, great episode. Our Christmas special was all, you know, about the characters of Christmas and grace and, 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 and what we learned from that. So 34, 0.6% of the Outlaw Radio Show in 2020 was purely Bible teaching. 23% uh, were interviews. Um, now, we didn't do a lot of new interviews, but like for the summer, like we take certain breaks and certain points, and 23% um, were interviews. Uh, inter interviews that we re-aired that we sprinkled throughout the year. And then 30.7% was focused on social issues, which again, was from a Christian angle, I found it to be very interesting because even in my own heart, I felt like maybe we're getting too political, but when you actually look at the data, um, I don't think like, I think six episodes for the entire year, it's hard to say you're a political show um, when it's only 11 and a half percent. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem too weird to me. And I kind of, isn't that kind of odd? I thought that was interesting. Today, what are we going to talk about? So today, a dear friend of mine, a friend just setting some context that I love dearly that I've known for years, probably going on the better part of almost 20 years. I've known, I've known this individual uh, was her youth pastor. She attends my church. I love this gal with all my heart. I officiated her wedding. I've been involved in her life. Uh, I've seen the highs. I've seen the lows. Just a, a godly woman. It's just really neat to see uh, how the Lord has just developed her into just a strong, uh, tenacious um, Jesus follower. Um, she sent me an email and wanted to know if I would set aside an episode of the Outlaw Radio Show to talk about it. Um, and so I'm going to begin here by just reading uh, the email. She says, as a Christian... How can I fight seasons of doubt? And I mean doubt on two different sides of the spectrum. For example, having a hard time believing how a man was thrown into a lion's den and survived. How is that not recorded in history aside from the Bible? Also, the outrageous events in the Revelation prophecy. On the other end of the spectrum, I also sometimes lay awake at night worried 
that someone might break into my house, that I might die, and that I wouldn't go to heaven, afraid that I'm not actually saved. And so I want to just take the entire episode, really, and talk about uh, doubt. And I, and I really feel as though this question, um, the two different sides of the spectrum, is very helpful in addressing this particular topic. Because again, I, I think that there are two different types of doubt uh, that can creep in and that can be part of the life of a believer. Now, one of the reasons that this topic intrigues me is that one of the grand criticisms that the world does have of Christians is that Christians are um, ostriches when it comes to intellectual matters, theological matters. And when I mean an ostrich is that when we run across something that doesn't make sense, um, instead of dealing with that issue, we stick our heads in the sand and hope it goes away. I know as a youth pastor, I spent 10 years as a youth pastor. One of the just heart-wrenching things that would kind of come across conversations that I would have with students would be the times that they would ask a real question to their parents about something dealing with the Bible or about, you know, exactly what was brought up here, you know, about this guy being thrown into the, the, the lion's den. How do I believe that? Or Jonah and swallowed by a great fish or, or the creation narrative or, you know, that, that they would ask their parents, you know, genuinely interested, curious, dealing with, with their own doubt, wrestling through things. And their parents would retort, they would reply, uh, well, you just have to believe. You just have to believe. I think, I think what I'm saying right now definitely resonates with a huge number of people. Uh, people that probably have had similar experiences even with uh, their own mentor or their own pastor um, where you have a question and instead of that question being taken uh, seriously and addressed appropriately, it kind of gets uh, diminished. It gets swept to the side um, under this guise of, well, you just have to believe. Um, you know, it's faith. You know, sometimes we talk about, when we talk about faith, there's this, this connection that's made um, that I think is wrong, actually, that, that somehow faith um, gets tied into blindness. Like, when I can't see, I've got to take a step of faith. You know, faith in blindness or faith in um, the lack of reason. You know, I, I guess that's probably what I'm saying is that people, people will say, uh, well, I just believe, I just have faith. And it's like, well, okay, but is there any substance to it? It's almost as though the world views a Christian, views this thing of faith, and they say, well, um, that's your escape hatch. Like anytime you get boxed into a corner where, uh, you know, core beliefs are being challenged, uh, you crawl into this hole, you stick your head into the ground, and you just say, well, the Bible tells me so. And, um, and growing up, I just, I, you know, some things you just, you just don't know, and you're just going to have to, to believe in faith. You know, the, the problem with that is that, that that's such an, an inappropriate um, definition of faith. Uh, we're we're going to talk about doubt, spiritual doubt. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, it is our desire to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you're listening on the radio or you're listening via our podcast, I encourage you to join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 
when we live stream the recording of what you're actually listening to right now. The easiest way to find our live stream, we live stream on YouTube, outlawradio.live. It's a quick link right to our YouTube channel. would encourage you to also uh, subscribe, help raise our profile. Uh, but you can watch on YouTube, 8 o'clock Wednesday nights, Eastern Standard Time, um, the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, we've got a, a sweet studio set up. Creighton is on the other side of the room. Uh, a mic in front of him and a whole bunch of gear. And we also have some friends that are always in the studio as well. So between the blocks of audio, we have uh, further conversation about what you're listening to. Is also cool because if you're watching, you can leave a comment, provide feedback, uh, and might be included on the show. We're also, we also stream on Facebook. Uh, that should be mentioned. Facebook.com slash The Radio Outlaw. We're talking about spiritual doubt. And one of the things that, that really irritates me as a Christian is the using of faith as some type of intellectual crutch that when important questions are asked of one's faith or certain things within the scriptures, you know, you, you get stuck on and then you go to somebody you respect, you go to somebody that you trust and you ask a genuine question. Yeah, they might be hard. And, and the, the retort, the reply is, well, you just have to believe as though, as though faith exists in the absence of reason, which I think is, is completely untrue and detrimental. I'll say it's detrimental because there are a lot of stupid Christians in this world. Not only that, there's a lot of stupid youth pastors and a lot of stupid pastors who don't take questions seriously, um, who often trivialize questions. I say that, again, as a youth pastor, as a pastor, because the evidence is that so many of our high school students who leave and go to the university walk away from their faith. And one of, I think, the great flaws to that is you're not going to be able to answer everyone's questions, but you've got to at least articulate the reality that the Bible presents faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that there is both substance and evidence to our faith in a sense that faith is not the, the absence of reason. I have enough reason to make faith reasonable because we, we don't take questions seriously, because we don't engage in, in conversations and debates um, with facts because we don't wade into the more complex, complicated issues because our kids go to youth groups where instead of Bible studies, they play chubby bunny. They go to university, they get hit with real questions that really attack the bedrock of their faith and they are ill-equipped to answer them. In fact, they feel stupid about it. And the conclusion is that, well, the Bible is a bunch of fairy tales, that the Bible is a bunch of, of legends, that it's oral traditions, that it's not something, um, that I should base my life upon. Uh, Creighton, you spent um, a year in higher education. Uh, you went through youth group. You're a church kid. Uh, did you in encounter any of those type of similar things? Yeah, I was a biology major. I wanted to be a doctor. It was the way that it that hit me was like when I we were talking about evolution or, or what the Bible says happened. People just assumed that the Bible was wrong and people who believed in it were dumb and so there was just kind of like this oh i actually believe that right and then everyone around me is just assuming that if i like said that they would just assume that i was an idiot um and so i had to deal with that and that's where like the doubts this kind of doubt that's where i had it was like this oh either i'm right and everyone around me is wrong or everyone else is right and I'm wrong. And you came out of a, a Bible teaching church. You came out of a youth ministry that took the totally opposite approach. I mean, we, we dealt with these type of issues. We, we did our best to try to prepare. Um, you know, again, you know, I, I always made the comment that like, you're going to go to college and you're going to get hit with a question and you're not going to have the answer for it. But I want you to know that you're not stupid for not having the answer and that the answer exists that there are smart people who have thought through these things that can help navigate and answer. I probably answered more questions from high school kids once they went to school, but they knew that they could go to somebody and talk to. They knew there were answers. They, they knew that like, you know, there are reasonable Christians that think through things and have reasoned arguments. Now, 
we're, we're talking about doubt because again, doubt I think arises sometimes from the lack of knowledge, from the lack of, of thinking things through. Um, I, I want to say though, that doubt is not intrinsically a bad thing. Um, I don't think that, that doubt um, should be seen as a negative. You know, we're building this episode off of a question that was posed about spiritual doubt, fighting seasons of doubt. And, and the very first thing that I would say is that it's okay to have doubt. In and of itself, doubt is, is not, it's not wrong. It's not immoral. It's, it, it, it's not even an indication that somehow you're not a good Christian or that you're slipping in your faith. Off air, the comment was brought up that without question, like without doubt, we would never ask questions. And without questions, we would never find answers. Like that doubt is part of the process of learning and growing and developing. I was talking to my mom at dinner tonight before the episode. My son Theodore turned six tonight. And so we were, went to my mom and dad's and we were having dinner. Theo opened some gifts and well, we had to get going because I had to get to the studio to record tonight's episode. And my mom asked me, well, what are you going to be teaching on? Uh, you know, what's the subject matter of the Outlaw Radio Show tonight? And I said, well, it's going to be about spiritual doubt. And she, she brought up an angle to a story that I had, that I love, but I had never thought of before. You know, Jesus sends the disciples across the Sea of Galilee, puts them in a boat, sends them across. So they get caught in a storm. And in the middle of the storm, Jesus comes down. He's walking on the sea. Um, he's walking as if he's going to pass them by, you know. And the disciples who are f freaking out, who are frantic, who think that the boat is going down, they believe Jesus is a ghost. Now, when they finally realize, you know, what's going on here, that this is Jesus, uh, Peter asks really kind of like the most outlandish question you could ask in such a moment. And you'd have to leave it to Peter where he, you know, he's like, Jesus, I want to come walk on the water. You know, you're walking on the water. You know, I'm your disciple. Uh, I'm following you. So in order to follow you, I've got to walk on the water too. So can I walk on the water? And Jesus is like, yeah, come on, man. And like, and to his credit, like there's been only two people ever to walk on water. Uh, David Blaine is not one of them. You've got Jesus. And then Peter, I mean, to his credit, they're in the midst of a storm. Jesus says, yeah, come on. And Peter took the instruction, the command, like if Jesus is going to tell me to do something, I'm going to take a step into the unknown and, and trust that the Lord would never ask me to, to, to walk someplace that he couldn't sustain me. And to his credit, he gets out. He starts walking on the water. But it was in that moment that then he began to get distracted again by the wind and the waves. And there was doubt that creeped in. He got distracted and he began to sink. And then he prays the most powerful prayer, Lord, save me. And Jesus saves him. I, my mom brought up the story of just like, you know, the Lord asked him to take a step and in his doubt, he began to sink. But Jesus is always there, even in those moments where we have sinking doubt. And that this was the process for, for Peter to learn, for Peter to grow. I, I want to pivot, you know, when you talk about doubt, I feel bad for the guy, Creighton. So, you know, you've got the, you got the 12 apostles, you know, the, they're the A-team, right? Right, yeah. The apostles. I mean, the 12 chosen. I guess you're going to talk about the black sheep, well, the second black sheep well, of the 12. Well, one of the guys couldn't hack it, and he right. offed himself. That would be Judas Iscariot. But, you know, of all of the characters, you know, you, you talk a little bit about, about Peter, and you got James and John and whatnot. You know the only one that kind of has his own nickname? Uh, yes, I do. So who, who has the nickname? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. I mean, if you're going to talk about spiritual doubt, you know, I think one of the first places you need to go is the guy that's called Doubting, like Doubting Thomas, which I think is a total bad rap on Thomas. Like, I think he's going to be up in heaven, and, and the other apostles are, they'll call him Doubting Thomas, you know, but it, it's not, like, loving. It's, it's a jab. Right, like how Shadrach is going to be called Shadrach by uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Like, that's, not my, that's not my name. <laughs> and, you know, like you know, you know, <laughs> calling your, your your you know the fat friend that you have, Skinny Joe. You know, like you're, you're making right, it's really mean. You're making fun of something with the nickname. Anyway, Thomas gets a bad rap. So this is after the resurrection. Jesus has died. He's rose. 
this is during these 40 days that Jesus is appearing and disappearing. He's revealing himself, concealing himself. And when he's appearing, he's teaching the disciples important things. He's engaging. Yeah, he, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He, he then appeared in this upper room where there was a group of them. Um, reveals himself. Um, not present at the time was Thomas. You know, which had to have been a total drag, right? I mean, if like, have you ever have you ever had a group of friends, Creighton, where um, you you hang out with them all the time? They're your crew, they're your buddies, and like that one night that you just you stayed home, like the craziest story happens, right? And in the midst of that, like from that point forward, that's all they're talking about. But you're the one guy that wasn't there for it, and so you're just always out of the loop. It's the absolute worst. It's terrible. Like, it's absolutely terrible to get to, to be the one guy in the crew that misses the moment. And can you imagine being Thomas? Like, here you are in this moment. Like, where was he? We don't know. You know, it was probably like, hey, Thomas, can you go out and get us some burritos? Like, we're all hungry, you know? So Thomas goes out and gets the burritos, and he comes back, and everyone's like, bro, Jesus was here. You should have seen it. And he's like, Really? I was just getting burritos. Like, how do I miss the moment? Doubting Thomas. We're going to talk a little bit more about him. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Hey, thanks for listening to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Creighton Vaughn. Each episode of the Outlaw Radio Show, Zach and Creighton unpack relevant topics that we're facing as Christians, things that we're seeing in culture. Today, Zach and Creighton are talking about a really important topic, the topic of doubt. All of us experience some level of doubt in our faith. There are stories and things in the Bible that are a little bit hard to believe and understand. I don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to come back in a moment uh, to listen to the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. But first, I want to encourage you, please, if you can, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on the radio, reach out to the radio station that you're hearing this broadcast on and tell them thanks for airing the Outlaw Radio Show. If you're listening on any podcast platform, would you rate and review this podcast on the platform that you're listening? This helps more people learn about the Outlaw Radio Show. Again, don't go anywhere. Come back for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. Here's Zach and Creighton with more on Doubt. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Today's episode is about doubt, spiritual doubt. What precipitates this particular episode is an email that I got from a listener and a friend about fighting seasons of doubt. And the way that this person kind of framed uh, the question is that there's two different spectrums of doubt. On, on one end, uh, they bring up having a hard time believing some of the more outlandish things presented in Scripture. You know, the creation of the world in, in, in seven days, um, a global flood, um, the idea of Daniel in the lion's den or Jonah and the great fish. You know, Creighton, I, I, could, I could throw out like, like a lot of other ones. Like if we want to talk about questions, big questions, um, why did Jesus have to come to earth to die to save mankind? Why would he? If he's going to, why why choose to do it through like the birth canal? I mean, you could have come any way you wanted to. Like, why that? You know, there's a lot of questions. Uh, you read through the book of Revelation. There are all kinds of questions. There are lots of things that get real weird. At one point, God stops the sun. Absolutely. So, I mean, there 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 are questions, and I think. You know, the, we're told in, in the scriptures to study the show yourself approved under God, a workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, I, you know, there's two ends of the spectrum. One, it's about you know, how do you deal with those things in the Bible that you might have doubts about that you might not understand or make sense. On the other end of the spectrum is like that, that deep, deep, deep place of the essence of one's salvation. You know, if I died, would I really go to heaven? And I, and I want to address both ends of it. Um, I'm going to start first. Um, with 
things that you might have a doubt with concerning facts of, of the Bible. And, and I introduced the story of Thomas uh, in the last block. Thomas was one of the 12 apostles. For whatever reason, Jesus, uh, he's risen from the dead. He's making these appearances, resurrected glory. The upper room, there's a group of people. All the disciples, the apostles, they're there, uh, minus Judas, who's dead, and Thomas, who my guess has been sent to Taco Bell to get some burritos. He shows up, he gets back uh, to a room filled of buddies that just had this experience with Jesus that he wasn't there for. And, and aside from like being bummed out that he missed out on such a moment, <laughs> you know, his friends are talking about it and they're, they're excited about it and they're pumped up about it. And Thomas is not in, in the loop. Not to mention, I mean, this is kind of a crazy claim. Let's be real. Resurrection? I mean, Jesus had, had, had endured a brutal scourging, a Roman scourging that most people didn't survive. And then he had to carry a cross to Golgotha, which he was unsuccessful of getting it there. They had to pull out a guy named Joseph to carry it the rest of the way. And then they nail him to the thing and he dies by suffocation. I mean, he's dead. No question. Dead. Removed. After uh, an impromptu autopsy from the scene by a Roman centurion is conducted, uh, removed from the cross by uh, two friends that lay him in a tomb. Jesus is dead. But now everyone's like, he's alive. And not only is he alive, but I've seen him with my own two eyes. I've had conversations with him. And Thomas is like, that's cool, guys. I'm not going to discount your experience but I'm just going to need a little bit more before I just blindly believe this crazy thing you're claiming. Let me actually read you a section of scripture here. In John chapter 20, beginning with verse 24, we're told, Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them, speaking of the other apostles, when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas said to them, Jesus came. Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Shalom or peace to you. And then we're told Jesus turns to Thomas and he says, reach your finger here. And look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, I, I completely sympathize and relate to Thomas in the sense that there is this crazy claim that's made by his closest friends, that Jesus rose from the dead. And again, I don't, I don't think that there was anything in Thomas that was somehow condescending to them. I don't think Thomas was discounting the experience they may have had. But what Thomas is articulating is like, guys, that's cool and all, but I wasn't here to experience that for myself, which means I'm going to reserve the right to be skeptical until I have more evidence. In fact, what I need to believe is I need to not just see Jesus resurrected, but I need to actually physically put my hands in his wounds to believe. You know, so, so Thomas gets, gets tagged that he's a doubter, but he's, he's being skeptical and he's saying that, that I'm open to believing, but I need more evidence. And the reason I think that he kind of gets a bad rap is that Thomas does something that, that very few people actually point out in the passage. He hangs out for another eight days. Like if, if, if I had made that claim, if, if, if that had been me, if I had been in the situation, I, I might have after day two or three, especially when they go on and on and on and on and on about how cool it was to see Jesus. And it's like, just shut up, fellas. Uh, I didn't see Jesus. Uh, not saying that what happened wasn't real, but I, you know, I'm not sure. He still hangs for eight days, which is important. 
Because it reveals to me a desire to believe. A desire to know. Now, Jesus then appears. And I love the fact that Jesus, when, when he shows up and he turns to Thomas. You know, you got you to believe it. If you're Thomas, you're, you're starting to sweat some bullets. It's like, wait a second. This might, this might not play out right. But does Jesus rebuke Thomas? Does Jesus ridicule Thomas? Does Jesus uh, speak down? Does he uh, rebuke him for a lack of faith? No. Instead, what does Jesus do? He meets him where he's at. He says, hey, Thomas, here. Do you, do you need to touch? Here, here are my hands. Here are my feet. Here's the side. And then to Thomas's credit, does he actually follow through with what he said? He, no. He doesn't touch Jesus. He, he had enough. He says, my Lord and my God. I believe. Now, now, my point, like I could go through all the various topics in the Bible and try to unpack them one by one. If you run across something in the scriptures that you're like, man, that seems, that seems crazy. That's okay. Man, I... I, I, I don't know. That's, that's okay. It's what you do next. That's what matters. Like you're going to run across things. You're going to have doubt that leads to questions. Now, it's in that moment with you ha- when you have a question that the true metal of the person, the true desire of the person, the true integrity of the person becomes evident. If you have doubt that fosters questions, then you need to immediately set out and bark on a quest to find answers. You know, one of the things that is amazing is we live in a day and age where we have access to all of the information that, that has ever been developed in the world. Like the internet is a endless archive of data. And as a Christian, it is an incredible resource for questions. What you have to ask is, are you searching for answers? It's one thing to ask questions. It's another thing to search for answers. Man, I'm not sure of that. Okay, that's, that's cool. Well, let's, let's dig into this. Let's study this. Now, hopefully you go to a church that embraces such questions, that encourages them, that provides resources to help answer them. If, if you don't go to a church that does that, find another one. If you go to a church and a pastor tells you to not ask questions and just believe, find another church. The, the Bible is presented as the truth. It's the truth. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't really challenging things presented in the truth. <laughs> I'd say the more challenging ones aren't, aren't the intellectual, it's the applicational. But study. Dig in. You know, Jesus made a promise. He says, seek and ye shall find. And I, I believe with all my heart that if you have a sincere question from a real doubt and you embark praying, Lord, I want to believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give you the answer. You don't have to believe it blindly. You know, your faith doesn't have to be, you know, the filling the absence of reason. You can have enough reason so that your faith is, is reasonable. Creighton, you with me with that? Absolutely. Well, we are running against a break. And we're going to kind of talk about some of the deeper matters here uh, when we come back. Our email address is info at outlawradio.org. All of our contact information can be found at outlawradio.org. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out C316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but C316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. With over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must-visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We're talking about doubt, spiritual doubt. I want to 
I want to be clear. If, if, if doubt fosters a question that sets you on a pursuit for the truth, it's a good thing. It, it'll lead you to greater revelation, greater understanding, deeper faith, deeper trust, deeper knowledge. Doubt that leads to a question where you don't seek an answer is, is very dangerous. In fact, you can say that it was doubt that created this mess we all live in. If you go back to the Genesis story, you go back to Genesis 3, and you get Eve. There was one tree that God said, don't eat of. Don't eat, or you'll die. And Eve is in the garden, and Satan comes to Eve and says, you know, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you eat of this fruit? And Eve's response, and I'm pr- paraphrasing, is that the Lord said, you know, God said, do not touch or eat of the fruit, for in the day you do, you'll die. And, and then what did Satan do? Satan said, is that what God said? Which, which means that Satan immediately created doubt in the mind of Eve, which is also interesting because Eve was technically wrong. It, it was don't eat of it. There was nothing about touching it. Apparently you could have touched it and been fine. It was eating of it, which means that Adam did a terrible job as a pastor for his wife because he didn't appropriately articulate to her the truth of God's word. So she was ill-equipped to deal with the temptation of Satan who fostered doubt. What Eve should have done is like, you know, I'm, I'm actually really, I don't really remember. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find out. You know, we're told that faith, you know, and, and this faith you know, that, that you might be the, the yin to the yang of doubt. Faith is developed. It grows. We're told in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That it is the word of God that helps develop our faith. That is the truth of God's word that helps create a foundation that is, that is, that is sure. I, I, Reminder of the parable where Jesus talks about the man that, that created a, built a house on sand versus the one that created a house on, on rock. And when the winds of doubt, when the winds of, of, of loathing crept in, uh, because the house was built on the sand, there was no foundation and it blew over. It couldn't stand. But if you base your faith, if you base your, uh, your relationship with Jesus on truth, the truth of God's word, then when doubt comes, it's like, well, wait a second. I can go back to the truth you know, I don't really remember what God said, but let me go back. Let me return to these things, these principles. I want to, just with the time that we have left, though, get to the second half of the spectrum. You know, just the, the worry of, of salvation. The, the worry of, if I died, am I, am I going to go Am I go to heaven? Because I think that's such a real thing. And I'll be honest, I don't think, if you're a Christian and you, and you have never dealt with that, um, I, I have some serious doubts about you. I think that's a normal compulsion. I think that's, it's a normal doubt. I would ask, where does the doubt, where does the, th- the thought originate? Does it originate from Jesus or is it the enemy? Food for thought. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, we're told that Jesus came to the disciples who saw a great multitude around them. I'm reading from Mark chapter 9. And immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and they ran to him and they greeted him. And Jesus asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples. They couldn't cast it out. So Jesus answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him to me, and when he saw Jesus, the boy, immediately the spirit, so this demon, convulsed him. He fell on the ground and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has this been happening to him? And you can just sense the tenderness in Jesus' voice. And the man said from childhood, which is just tragic. And often he has, 
he's thrown the body, his body into the fire and the water to try to destroy him. So this demon's been trying to kill the boy. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I mean, can you get, can you get any, any more real regarding just the, the ache, the rawness, the humanity behind the father and his experience? I mean, Creighton, you, you're reading through that story. I mean, when he says, Lord, I believe, with tears, sobs, I believe, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It strikes you, doesn't it? I mean, I mean it's, it's true humanity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's him saying that he wants a thing and he wants that thing more. I believe, help what I don't believe. Exactly. Now, the key, the key to this story is the, the progression. So the man says, if you can do anything. So Jesus replies, if you can believe. So Jesus uses the exact same terminology back to the, if you can do anything, and Jesus is like, well, what can you do? Can you believe? And then Jesus says, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out with tears and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So what he's declaring his belief in, the man doubts whether or not Jesus can deal with his son. That's true. He doubts. The disciples couldn't do anything. The scribes, the religious leaders, the, the, the healthcare care experts. I mean, this is a terrible situation. And he doesn't know Jesus can do it. He doesn't know. And so Jesus, what is he inviting him to believe, though? He's not asking, will you believe that I can do it? Will you believe in who I am? Because if you can believe in who I am, then you can believe that I'll do what's right and I'll do what's best and I'll do what's appropriate. And so what's the answer? The answer is Lord. That's the first word of his mouth. Lord. Okay. I believe in you. I believe in you. I trust you. Lord, I believe in you. As far as this thing goes, I don't know. So you, as my Lord, you got to help my unbelief. And that's where I would just pivot and say, just with the few, 45 seconds I have left. And those moments where you lay awake at night and think, if I died, would I go to heaven? You're already affirming that there's heaven. <laughs> My question is, is will you, do you trust Jesus? You think Jesus is going to let you go to hell? Like what one belief matters? It's a belief in Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus. I, I won't say that even with a follow, like even following Jesus, that there won't be times where you're like, I, I'm struggling believing here, Jesus. But again, if you believe in Jesus, then Jesus will help your unbelief. And if you're listening, that's my exhortation. Study, learn, grow. Let doubt lead to questions to find answers. The deeper doubts of the soul, believe in Jesus. And then trust Jesus with the things you, you're struggling believing in. Creighton, thanks for being with me. It is always a pleasure. You've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to contact your local Christian radio station. Tell them you're thankful that they're carrying the Outlaw Radio Show in your community. If you're listening on the radio, check out our podcast. If you weren't able to listen to the entirety of today's episode, every episode is podcasted. Uh, Apple, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, you can watch the recording of the show, the live stream, outlawradio.live. All of this information you can find at outlawradio.org. Once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast 
or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio Podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.